0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Thank you. Thank you, Martha. Wow, it's beautiful to hear all of the goings-on here and the thriving youth programs. You know, I'm a little bit less of a visitor now, than I was before, and it's wonderful to see old faces and new faces. And um, I'm just struck by this um, community. You know, one of the things that I feel when I come here, actually, the first time I came here, was it felt like home. And I hope that for those of you who are new, that you will feel that too, or that you feel that uh, kindness and friendliness here. Um That was something that really drew me here and um, made me want to keep coming here and um, so I hope that that is felt so I wanted to um, talk to you to, to you today about thanksgiving, and you know it said that the Buddha would often. Take words that were uh, quite current in the culture and twist them around and play with them a little bit um, to change the meaning, perhaps, and to maybe shake things up a bit. So um, I wanted to play around with the word Thanksgiving and maybe suggest a different way that we might interpret it in terms of our practice. I think the most common definition or idea that we have around Thanksgiving is it's a time to give thanks and um, you know, we tend to stress that you know it's all about giving thanks we put a lot into this activity um, but we often downplay the second part of the word which is giving and so I want to maybe suggest turning it around Rather than giving thanks, thanks, giving. And so what if we put the thanks in front of giving? That it becomes a modifier of how we give or how it shapes the way that we give. And um, one of the beautiful things here is around that this whole center here is the result of giving. This whole center is the result of generosity. You know, all of the equipment, all of the cabinets and the floors and the chairs and the cushions, the landscaping out here, you know, all came about through generosity the giving of all the different people that have come here in the past and who still continue to come here. And even all of you that came today are giving. You're giving something of your presence, of your support for one another in practicing together. And every time that you gather... You create something beautiful. It's called Sangha. And even though you may not know someone here, maybe you've only just come here, or maybe you come and you sit in the back and you don't say a word, but you sneak out after. Your presence here is is felt, it contributes, it makes a difference. And it's so important to acknowledge and to recognize that. So I offered a reflection in the meditation around appreciating the countless, countless numbers of beings who support us. And how that support also translates out in the way that we may support people we don't know that in some action of kindness that was cultivated here we make a difference in the world in someone's life that ripples out to someone in their life and ripples out one more level And so I just want to open it up just for a moment and see um, maybe how that reflection was for you. What did that bring up? Or um, does anyone want to say what that was like or what happened or what came up for you around that reflection? We can use the microphone. So it was... uh it was a good reminder of, you know, this feeling that I have that everything is so connected and I have this idea that if I give to somebody and they, they're inspired to give to somebody else and that kind of chain kind of uh, makes me feel good, makes the next person feel good and just keeps going. But, I you don't know, it was good to get a little, think about it a little more and get a little clearer perspective on it. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, When you spoke about support, um, I wasn't thinking of the chair. I was thinking of uh, the bones in my body that are holding me up, um, about which I rarely think and about which I don't do a lot, but it works. Um, And um, it reminded me of the process that goes on that's me. Um, and um, I'm grateful that it does it without me because I'd make a mess of it. (laughs) When when you mentioned um, how people here, just by their presence, um, add something, that that did bring a tear to my eye. Hmm. So I'm reminded of the very first time I ever came to IMC and sat here in the big hall instead of with the guided meditation for the drop-in beginners. And I just felt like I was in this sea of, that was just buoying me up. All the, the people who showed up to be in silence. And I, I had never felt that. And I never stopped coming back. Yeah. So thank you for that reminder. i 'm going to turn that around again and um, say that an important thing in what we give is uh, the absence of harm, and it 's the uh, it' what you learn here about refraining from unconsciously or even purposely uh, giving harm um, has a profound effect, perhaps even more because uh, the harm that we provide uh, has perhaps often far more repercussions than the, uh, the, the acts of, of generosity. So in learning to avoid harm, I think we make a profound effect that bounces around quite a bit down the line. Yeah, thank you. So what I wanted to talk about was that practicing gratitude You know, this bringing to mind, this reflection around um, recognizing what supports us or what um, maybe things that we have to be thankful for can also help us create a sense of abundance and a sense of connection. And it has... A way of maybe softening or opening the heart. To create an opportunity for the heart to release from grasping or clinging to division or separation. To holding on to what we we might consider as I, me, and mine. And there's a sense of warmth, or happiness, or tenderness when we recollect how we're supported, and maybe even how we support others, that encourages us to want to reciprocate, or to share, or to open our hearts um, with our abundance. And it also has a sense of making us feel maybe safe. You know, this sense of support, this sense of connection allows us maybe to, to feel a little less contracted in the world. A little more likely to be kindly to someone. And there's Open-hearted kindness, this kind and tender connection is the heart of metta, of loving-kindness, of goodwill. In the Anguttara Nikaya, it said, these two people are hard to find in the world. Which two? The one who is first to do a kindness, And the one who is grateful and thankful for a kindness done. And really they're part and parcel to one another. You know, when we are the recipient of kindness, it inspires us to offer a kindness. I mean, you know, you might think, well, which came first, the chicken or the egg? but they're intertwined, they're interconnected. And I think this practice of gratitude, of thankfulness, can prime the heart. It can warm it up, soften it. So it's really, you know, it's willing, it's ready to, to give with joy. It helps us loosen those, those tight uh, feelings in the heart and in the mind of wanting to hang on to things that we, maybe we have. It loosens the tightness of greed and ill will. Selfishness. There's a Pali word Uh, that some of you may have heard in connection with dana, with giving, and the Pali word is chaga. And that actually is the quality of heart, it's generosity, it's the quality of heart and mind that generates the field of generosity, that generates this willingness to give. You know, we hear the word dana, and that's actually the practice of giving. Sometimes we hear dana and we think generosity. But chaga is the quality of heart that, that that is generosity. And from that field, from that quality, that's the thing that motivates us. And the action of giving is dana. The practice of giving. So when we tap into thankfulness into maybe giving thanks we're not thinking about holding on to something we're thinking about what we're lacking but instead we're cultivating a sense of enoughness of I have enough or that maybe I have abundance but it's to recognize what we have. And to bring a quality of awareness around. Where did that come from? How did that come to me? Whether it was a gift or through many hands, the work of many hands. Earlier this year, one of my friends, um gave me some raspberry plants from her garden. And I didn't have uh, the space in the garden yet to put them into their, to a permanent home, but I put them in a couple of pots. And it really brought me joy through the year, every time there were some raspberries on, on them, to pick them and to re- remember the gift remember oh this was a gift and this raspberry plant is giving me a gift of of its berries and it just brought delight and a quality of heart that was this warmth and this tenderness around remembering that it was a gift In the first week of of November of this month, I signed on to this project. It's by the kindness, I think it's kindness.org. They have this 21-day gratitude challenge. Some of you may be involved in that, maybe not. But every day you get an email that gives you a reflection about something to be, maybe to, to reflect on in terms of gratitude. And it's just the reminder each day. You know, sometimes I don't have enough time to really sit and reflect. But it's the reminder each day to bring to mind something that you're grateful for. Something that that maybe you haven't thought about. For example, yesterday's reflection was, Who in your life are you underappreciating? And I think today, I, I read it really briefly before I got on the road, but it was something about what do you appreciate about yourself? You know, in doing these little reflections, it doesn't take a lot of time, but it's just the, the remembering. You know, just like our practice, just like our mindfulness practice, it's about remembering you know, mindfulness isn't hard, it's just that we forget. It's the remembering. And so gratitude isn't hard, it's just the remembering. And when we just take a moment to reflect, oh what do I appreciate? What do I what am I underappreciating? What is it that that maybe brings some delight or some joy or warmth into my heart in reflecting the benefits or the gifts that I've received. It's just a little nudge for us to keep coming back. And this coming back to just reflect on the gifts that we've received, the benefits that we've received, really just kind of keeps warming the heart, keeps softening the heart in a very subtle way. It's not something, you know, earth-shaking, but but it's just a, a gradual softening. And one of the things in our practice of mindfulness that we get to notice, whatever the object is that we pick, you know, whether it's the breath, or whether it's sound or whether it's metta is we get to see what comes up around it. You know, we get to see what takes us away or gets in the way of us being with that object or with us cultivating that object. And so, for example, we might try to cultivate metta And what comes up for us is ill will or anger or the sense that, oh, that person doesn't deserve my kindness. And we get to look at that. And in the same way, we can uh, use this practice to look at what gets in the way of my gratitude or what gets in the way of my giving. You know, in the practice of dana, one of the things that, that um, is key to this practice is having joy when we give. You know, really being motivated not by this is something I should do, not by this is something I'm, I'm obligated to do, but that doing so brings joy to the heart bringing so doing so brings something wonderful to our own heart and mind that it that it enriches us in doing so so we might notice the tightness of our heart when we're maybe asked to give or maybe when we think we should be giving and we feel that Oh, that contraction, or that constriction. Oh. And so this bringing to mind things that we're thankful for can help to loosen that, to soften that constriction, to soften that tightness. In the Itty the Buddha said, if beings knew, knew, as I know, the results of giving and sharing, they would not eat without having given, nor would the stain of selfishness overcome their minds. Even if it were their last bite, their last mouthful, they would not eat without having shared, if there were someone to receive their gift. It's a beautiful, beautiful statement. And rather than taking that on as something that I should do, how might my heart be lightened? How might my heart be joyful in doing that? You know, one of our long-time members who passed away this year, Victor Medina, You know, he had that kind of heart. If you had the fortune to visit him, you know, he would set a place on the table without a thought. He would just joyfully say, Oh, it's okay. Come and sit here and join us for a meal. You know, it was was not an imposition. In fact, it was you were part of the family. He had that quality of heart. And that was so beautiful a gift. That no matter who you were, there was a place on the table for you. So reflecting on the results of giving and of being the recipient of giving and of sharing is what helps us to give, helps us to cultivate the heart which wishes to give, which gives out of a sense of just happiness and joy and delight. So dhana is that practice of giving and it's often said that this is the practice that the Buddha offered to lay people. And I think this practice is so essential to our development on the path. It's what gives us that ability to cultivate the quality of heart necessary to let go. If we reflect on our thanks and our gratitude for all we have and the many blessings in, in our lives, the natural response, the natural uprising in the heart to want to share that, to want to pass that on, to want to give to someone else so that they can also receive those benefits. You know, and I think that's the motivation of of people who teach, is they've received so many blessings and so much of a gift of these teachings that it's just this natural rising of the heart to want to share and to give Back to offer these teachings that can benefit even more people in our practice on the cushion. This bringing to mind maybe the gratitude or thankfulness for maybe what even helps support us on the cushion maybe it's our bones you know maybe it's just the fact that we have two legs that still work that allow us to get here Um, can bring a quality into our practice to bring a quality into our heart and mind that allows us to release, to let go, to accept, to allow what comes up in our meditation with kindness, with generosity, to maybe see this experience in a with a warmer um, more open heart. It might even invite some softness to the heart so that the mind can relax to just be here. Rather than resisting what's here or running off into our habitual worrying or planning or remembering or regretting. To soften that Heart, so that the mind can feel safe to relax. So the mind can feel safe to let go of those concerns. <sighs> Think about when you've experienced something that was difficult. It's the heart, when it's open, that can hold that, can receive it, can get close to it, can get intimate with it. When there's resistance and when there's some contraction, we can't get close to that. It's like holding it at arm's distance. It's out there our practice actually asks us to bring it right here, right into the heart, to be held actually with kindness and with love. You know, when you think about if there's a baby that's crying, the natural inclination for all of us is to go and hold it, right? And so often in our practice, We forget to think of ourselves as those babies that are crying. You know, we have a difficult mind moment. And what are we doing? We're like, oh, I don't want that. Get it away. And instead, if we could turn the heart around and bring it close. Oh, it's like this. Can I offer this open warmth of my heart to hold that? To give the space for that. To be seen. To be acknowledged. To be recognized. And so in a way we're giving ourselves a gift. When we can do that. Giving ourselves a gift of letting go of that Judging mind. We're giving ourselves a gift of allowing whatever is being felt to be held with tenderness rather than pushed away. Instead of saying no, we can say yes. Albert Camus says, real generosity toward the future lies in giving all to the present. And our practice asks us to be present. And so, giving thanks might actually encourage us to give ourselves into this present moment. Allow the heart and the mind to relax, to be warm and kind in this moment, even when it's difficult to hold it with a kind attitude. Margaret Cho says, if we have the opportunity to be generous with our hearts, Ourselves, we have no idea of the depth and breadth of our love's reach. Wow. You know, one of the things about metta love is that it's boundless, it's unlimited, immeasurable. And so if we can be generous to ourselves and tap into this heart so that the heart can relax and open, we have access to this boundless quality of love, this boundless quality of kindness. And that kindness radiates out in giving, in offering. And this has lots of repercussions in our daily life. You know, so often we think this practice is what we do on the cushion, but it's also what we do out in our daily lives. And so you might think about what would it be like if you were about to go into, maybe maybe if you're at work and you have a meeting and you think, oh my gosh, it's going to be contentious meeting what would it be like to take a moment to reflect on all of the things that support you at work maybe your colleagues or your boss or your environment to appreciate and to connect maybe with the kind of thing that you're about to engage in maybe you have a wonderful uh, goal in mind to connect to that so that it softens and warms and opens the heart so that instead of going into the meeting with this contracted and heart that's resisting everything, oh my gosh, I've got to protect myself, to have a heart that's open, that's willing to be generous, And so maybe that allows you to hear a different view. Or maybe it allows you to hold your own view a little lighter so that you can hear the voices in the room. So that maybe you can be present for what's being offered by others and to maybe see the connection that's there because maybe all of you have the same idea in mind in terms of a goal and it's just that you have different perspectives different viewpoints and when we go in with a contracted heart we can only see our view we separate from the whole we create division and instead coming in with an open heart, a warm heart is looking for harmony and looking for how we support and help one another. Or this time of year, many of us may spend time with family over Thanksgiving. And sometimes that's a mixed bag. Right? Sometimes it can be really difficult to be with family. You know, that's the hardest place because we're so close we're close and yet so far apart and what if we did a reflection around the ways that our family did or maybe still does support us maybe the gratefulness of the gifts that we received in our life maybe you have to really reach and think about childhood. But to bring those to mind so that in a way we could soften the heart warm it up and then maybe even to see that those people in our family maybe are suffering or struggling or having you know, difficulties in their lives. Or maybe they're just really stuck in a particular viewpoint. But to have this heart that's willing to be generous, to give space to that, to hold that all with a larger container. So the container allows us to connect rather than be distanced. It might be interesting to see what would happen if we didn't go in with resistance, but with a kind receiving presence. This is a quote from Og Mandino. Beginning today, treat everyone you meet as if they were going to be dead by midnight. Extend to them all the care, kindness, and understanding you can muster, and do it with no thought of any reward. Your life will never be the same again. You know, if we could remember that every day, Because sometimes that's true. You know, I can reflect in in my own life of uh, seeing someone and thinking I'm going to see them again the next day and something happened and they didn't come back. Maybe got in an accident. Or I volunteer in some of the state prisons and Sometimes someone gets paroled between the time that you visited and the next time you come back. And you don't get a chance to maybe say goodbye. Or to express how you appreciate their presence in the Sangha. So what would that be like? To have a heart that's constantly thinking about This may be the last time I see this person. Can I treat them with a little more kindness? To give that presence or to give that kindness. And what if we reflected on our thankfulness for food and shelter and safety? How that might change our hearts to respond to those in need? And rather than coming from a place of obligation or a place of, of some kind of feeling of this is what I am supposed to do, to come from a place of knowing what, it, what, what it's like to have gratitude for what we have, coming out of a natural response of wanting to share that, wanting to um, give that gift to someone else who maybe doesn't have it. So if we did our thanks first, maybe giving might arise from that field of thanks. Maybe thanksgiving might have a different meaning for us. So there's a poem I'd like to share by Sally Miss Dunn, it's called Gratitude. The grass seems lusher in the wet gray air, but less approachable now, thick curtain of pouring rain. The day before I leave your home, crimson urn on the dark cherry coffee table, picture windows framing the lagoon, all seem more beautiful, knowing I won't see them for another year. As though I look at them through something like this curtain of rain, more beautiful, but beautiful still on all the days before. I used to envy the simply grateful who without needing separation or loss would lift their heads from their busy supper or book and revel in the steam from a teacup winding its slow way to nothingness in the air. Or just the teacup catching the window's tiny parallelogram of light. You know, that's our practice, to bring that poignancy of just this moment. So I'd like to end with one last quote. And this is by a minister in Modesto who, who um, is the minister at the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship there. He says, we are always entering a new room, a new space, a new time in our lives. For a moment, listen and consider what it is that you are entering and think also of how you might begin these new places deeply in a spirit of gratitude. So I thank you for your kind attention and your practice today. It's wonderful to be here and practice with you in this wonderful field.